This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Yes, you may put that car cam over to the side because I know who's going to want to eat that. Oh, we're on. PTB, Wrestling Network Loyalists, happy birthday to us. Welcome to the 200th episode of your home for everything modern day wrestling since January of 2014, Place TV Nation's main event. I was going to say I am your quad host or your hexagon host, but I'm just me, Scott Criscola. Uh, the, the show that started the Yes Movement, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take full – I want the show to take full credit for that because we got into full gear. Hi, uh, W joke. Uh, right around when the Yes Movement started, right before WrestleMania 30. Uh, but uh, in the last eight years, we have had an amazing run. Uh, here at the PTB Wrestling Network, this is the second longest running episodic motherfucking gold stand. It's not the gold It's the silver standard. There's only one gold standard. But that's up to 600 and something episodes. But here, this ship has been sailing for eight years, 200 episodes, and voices up and down the dial. But my favorite, my favorite six voices are with me tonight let me bring in my current guys and then we open the vault this gentleman is the purveyor of the kings of sport patreon this is his second anniversary episode he joined he joined uh the main event after the retirement of clotheslines and headlines which has clotheslines and headlines 2.0 which is on the no so um i wonder if those guys wear like tie-dye and strange things but i wonder if they're going to get swallowed up like nxt uk is about to get swallowed up but He's been with me here on main events since, oh, God, I think the late 70s, early 80s uh, number episodes. But he is the man. And, again, the purveyor of the Kings of Sport Patreon. Good evening, Godfather, Nate Milton. Yes, yes. Good evening, Scott Criscola. What a, what a wonderful evening we have planned for the folks tonight. We, we've got uh, a wide plethora, a variety of voices. We got in-laws. We got outlaws. We got crooks. We got straights. This is This is like... I'm trying to think about what, you know, this this feels like, Scotty, this moment, this this evening. Mm -hmm. And the closest thing I could think of is this is like the white version of the Lou Rawls Parade of Stars, which I guess <laughs> is I, I guess that's just the Jerry Lewis telethon. But it depends on what, <laughs> what point of view you come from it at. <laughs> You'll never find there's somebody <laughs> that up to me. But anyway, uh, Nate, always a pleasure. Yes, always, my brother. Oh, also joining us. He has been pinch hitting. And he is the newest member here of the main event family. You've heard him all over. He was an old Kings guy. We'll talk. Uh, we're not going to talk any Bob Backlund tonight, thank God. But we are going to talk a lot of fun stuff. And he's going to be overwhelmed by the uh, bevy of personalities in this bunch. Although he did do shows with Johnny Sorrow. So good evening, Sheriff Pete Schermacher. How's it going, everyone, man? Number 200. Congratulations. I'm glad to be just a smidgen part of it, man. Awesome. Awesome to be on. 
Thank you. Thank you. Nobody's better than uh, than having Johnny Sorrows or uh, or uh, uh, anybody. Uh, what's his? I just brain farted. Uh, now I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, one of your other gentlemen, he was on our show many times, who I make fun of because he has uh, he has Canadian uh, Canadian Wi-Fi. But uh, I, can't, I knew I was going to do that. It only took me four minutes to, to <laughs> blow a name, but that's OK. Um, anyway, Pete, it is always uh, I'm assuming you're referring to Kelly. Kelly, Kelly Nelson, yes, Kelly, Mister Canadian Internet, because those were funny. I mean, you know, what's, I mean, one Canadian is another Canadian is another. That is Canadian, true. You know, That's they're true. all the same, aren't they? They're all the same. Yeah, pretty much like Aaron. Except I did get to see my guy Aaron George this weekend. There's no Canadians, I don't think, on this show. No, there isn't. Okay. All right. Returning from his hiatus, he is not the Ben Simmons of main event because he is working tonight. He didn't take a hiatus forever. But he is back. Mm. The man behind the mask. The man behind the mask. Welcome back, Steve Willie. And and that's why I believe that Cody Rhodes's bruised ego caused him to endanger both himself <laughs> and Seth Rollins <laughs> at Hell in the Cell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my uh, long-winded answer there, guys. Uh, yes. Yeah. Bruised uh, armpits. Oh, shit, I've been on mute. <laughs> <laughs> bruised armpits, everybody. Uh, Steve, if, if you're going to pontificate about somebody for three months, Steve, it, it's got to be that man, Cody Devontae Rhodes. That's right. <laughs> we're going to talk. We're going to talk about Mr. Devontae uh, this evening because uh, we'll get a lot into the second half of this year. We, we got a lot of topics. So, but guess what, guys? I'm not done. Mm. I'm not even done. We got more. And you know what rhymes with more? Four. That is right, everybody. The core four is indeed here. Let me begin by bringing in a guy who is the reason that I have the ham on the table. Uh, he is an OG. Uh, the last time I heard his voice was, I believe, on the last episode of Body Pressure Luck when Amish Roadkill was the wrong answer and somebody lost a finger. Uh, he is one of the most uh, iconic misfits in the history of the PTB family. Welcome back, Jordan Duncan. Scott, uh, I'd like to clear the air right away. Uh, there's no bad blood or anything. The reason I haven't been on uh, any shows is I had to sign an NDA with a pretty famous person in the wrestling <laughs> industry, but recently uh, that became public, and uh, I'm free to talk again. So <laughs> thanks for having me, man. <laughs> I'm still not at liberty to say who, but his name rhymes with Vince McMahon. So. <laughs> Oh uh, God! All right, can well, I get this ham now? Like, <laughs> I gotta wait. You get? Oh, you get? You get? You got a check for three million dollars? You slut! Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, no, JD, it's good to have you back, brother. Welcome yes, back to the house. Yes, thanks for the invite. Good to have you in the house. Next up, uh, arguably uh, one of the most, one of the kindest, and we don't say that a lot about podcast uh, guests and hosts because normally none of them are. But uh, this gentleman is arguably one of the nicest human beings that I've ever done anything with. Uh, it's been a while. He deserves $97 million over two years, more than somebody else who got it today. Welcome back, my boogie of the bayou, Andrew Reich. Oh, my God, I'm back. You are. Uh, you are, I, I, And if you're not down with that, I have two words for you, Scott. Yep. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, wait, that's three words. That's three words. Actually, it's one word. <laughs> well, you know, before, <laughs> it's true. As, as one former fall from grace 
you know, uh, figure in sports entertainment said, <laughs> there's, there's four core words in the core four. Then, now, together, forever. That's right. But there is, a, there is the fifth and most important word, and that is yeah. prenup. Because <laughs> when I left main event, I had it in my contract that if we get to 200 episodes, I have to be on. And I will get at least half of the talking time. So buckle up, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. All right, King Kong Bundy. You don't get to go to the Hall of Fame unless you, wrestle, unless you wrestle a match. Well, he's dead now anyway. But All right. But it, put him in the it is now, an so honor. It really is an honor. I Gosh. am happy to be here. Boogie, it's good to have you back. And finally, couldn't do the show without this guy. He is the former purveyor. And he is now in a different time zone. He's probably wearing a Golden Knights jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My favorite person on the planet. You didn't think I'd say that. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my horse. I feel bad because I don't have really a bit prepared. Um, You're a teacher. <laughs> You're supposed to have something prepared. No, I will say, like, you said we wouldn't do this without me, but you almost did do it without me. I, <laughs> I, I had to literally elbow my way into the, uh, the group chat and say, hey, you're doing 200. I, no, Scott was kind enough to assume that I would be too busy to do this, but I am absolutely not. Um, place to be has remained a crucial part of my life, even though I haven't been on main event. In all sincerity, listening to you guys has gotten me through some of the best and worst times in my life and being part of the PTV family is not something I take lightly. So when Rish told me you guys were doing episode 200, um, I was all about being here for, you know, as long as I can be here. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited and really honestly honored. I, someone else said honored, but I'm honored to be back. Benjamin, uh, you complete me and you complete this show. Um, yeah, who and, needs a bit when you get that all that, you know? I know, right? God, <laughs> like sincerity. What the hell? Oh my god. Why are we so <laughs> nice? I was just setting I was setting expectations. And Even Reese <laughs> and he never <laughs> does. This so, is I'll stick with this is the gonna bits. end like um Ric Flair's last match. It's gonna end with me passing out twice, crying, <laughs> crying at the end, and hanging out with Kid Rock when it's over. Yep, <laughs> and blood and brain matter falling out of your ears. Um So just another normal Thursday night then. Exactly. <laughs> That's how the Bayou works, baby. Uh, all right, guys. This is this is amazing. So um, what better topic to spend the next couple of hours talking about with all of you than Triple H? Thanks for coming, guys. This is going to be awesome. So uh, he will be, of course, be a heavy a heavy topic of discussion. But anyway. I knew it was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's good for business, baby. Nah. Um, we, of course, we are going to talk about uh, the KOK <clears throat> because, uh, you know. The wrestling landscape, very different than it even was at the beginning of the year. And uh, SummerSlam is in the rearview mirror. It was kind of like the transition show uh, leading from one to the other. And, of course, they're going to be in Cardiff uh, Labor Day weekend for Clash at the Castle, which actually, card-wise, doesn't really look that bad. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't actually look that bad. Um, but what a weekend for wrestling because uh, – Saturday is Clash at the Castle. Then Sunday afternoon is Worlds Collide, the sequel, when the uh, Fever Dream NXT 2.0 and NXT UK have a child and will be NXT 3.0. How did all these fancy colors turn back to black and gold? I'm stunned. Uh, or maybe not. Who knows? 
And then, of course, in the evening in Steve Willie's backyard is uh, is, of course, all out. And I mean, really, his backyard. Andrew Reese still has the uh, hammock from the Halloween specials. He still has the hammock in the two trees and the basketball. But anyway, um, so. All right, guys. Um, first off, I want to get into an update of something wrestling related that happened, I guess, earlier today, our time zone. But uh, happened in the evening way out at the Budokan in Tokyo. Uh, and that is, of course, the conclusion of the G1 Climax, uh, which took place at the Nippon Budokan in Kyoto. Uh, not Mike Kyoto, but Kyoto. Uh, a full card, the finals. Remember, it was different this year. Instead of two blocks of, what's it usually? Two blocks of 12, I think, right? It's, uh, it was four blocks ten, of I eight. Think. Was it 10? Is it, was it, think. was it 10? 10 or 12, something like that. Uh, except this year, it, is, it was four blocks of eight. So there were actually 32 wrestlers in this, uh, in this year's tournament. The four winners of the, of the blocks, uh, Mr. Okada won uh, block A. Uh, Tamatanga won block B, even though he finished tied in points with Jay White. He beat Jay White. So Tamatanga won block B. Uh, Mr. Naito won block C, even though he tied with Zack Sabre Jr. They tied with eight points apiece. And Will Ospreay won block D. So at night 19 at the Budokan in the semis, Okada beat Tonga and Ospreay beat uh, Naito. And then earlier, well, I guess earlier today, our time, but I guess in the evening, their time, the final night after a bunch of uh, tag team matches, which, of course, New Japan is great at. Mr. Okada and Mr. Osprey uh, wrestled in the final. Uh, I should pause. I mean, this is definitely a spoiler. So I'm going to ask everyone, not you guys, but I'm going to ask uh, listeners if you want to skip the next 30 seconds. I will give you a gap, and then I will talk, and then I will give... Another gap, and then we'll go back. All right, so in the final, KO, not Kevin Owens. Mr. Okada defeated Will Ospreay in the final in 33-53, a nice, typical, meaty New Japan main event. 33-53. So Okada has the title shot for Wrestle Kingdom in January. Steve Willie, your thoughts? Well, it, it was an interesting tournament. Uh, a lot of different ways to do the math. There were a lot of ties going on, as you said. Um, for me personally, I wasn't as interested in the G1 as normal because it just felt, with the exception of a couple of people coming over like Jonah and Lawler and uh, Lance Archer, well, who's who's returning after a few year absence, there was kind of the same old, same old people, not much uh, different from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And outside of Tomatonga, it was kind of chalk for the the main guys like okada versus osprey as the main uh finals not totally a surprise and okada winning is like yep yep he's gonna have another great match with you know jay white at uh at wrestle kingdom which will you know only be one night this year instead of 14 that's weird uh wwe extends wrestlemania from one to two and (laughs) new japan goes from two to one what do you think is that? What do you think the reason is, Steve? The roster? Or they just don't want to do it? I'm wondering if they're, they're going to 
open up to as many people as possible. You know, they they went to two during the pandemic to kind of spread out uh, the crowds uh, so they could, you know, instead of getting like 10,000 people for one night, you can get 10,000 on two nights. And their hope they're going to be able to cheer again next month, I believe, in September. Mm-hmm. They're going to be cheering back and then hopefully they'll be able to have, you know, maybe like a 30,000 crowd at the Tokyo Dome. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Pete, what were your thoughts on the on how this uh, played out? Well, I mean, honestly, I didn't really follow too much, but I mean, it makes perfect sense about Okada, Osprey. I've, I've been kind of checked out on New Japan. I, I mean, I applaud how they've handled the pandemic and keeping uh, the audience small and they're all masked up. And but the no, the no cheering thing is just too much, almost like the empty arena thing. So it's just like kind of watching wrestling in a bubble. It just doesn't appeal to me. So I really don't have a whole lot of thoughts. Maybe once they get the crowds back and 100 um i might get more invested in it because again like the wrestling has just a lot of it's been so samey i mean the same guys mm-hmm. on top for the most part right a little change here a little change there uh but when you're putting expecting chase owens to do 25 minutes and i like chase owens for what he is but i don't want to really want to see all that and and there's a lot of guys in there i just was not interested in when is uh when is abushi back Steve, do you know? I don't. I don't think anyone knows. The last I heard, maybe never. Yeah, his shoulders <laughs> are still pretty banged up, and he was pretty upset uh, with them and <laughs> buried them quite a bit. So, mm. any thoughts, Nate? Here's the thing, Scotty. You, you, and Steve know my schedule uh, <laughs> at, yeah. the, at, at, at the shoot job, so I barely have enough time to keep up with WWE and AEW. <laughs> Like anything else is just like gravy. Like it's it's not even gravy. It's the little piece of parsley yeah. that they slip on the side of your plate, Ben, uh, at the fancy restaurant that nobody eats. You know, every now and then you're like, I wonder what that parsley tastes like. You try it once, you never want to try it again. <laughs> you can barely <laughs> handle wrestling in your own time zone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. In my own yeah, in my own time zone, I can barely have enough time to watch this stuff. But I think in terms of New Japan, and I think Steve brings up a good point about them slowly starting to kind of open things up a little bit. If that's what they're doing, then it kind of makes sense to hit this reset button with Okada. You know, it kind of reminds me of whenever Impact needed a reset back in the day, we put the belt back on AJ. And that might not solve all the problems, but it's something that the fans will accept. It's something that the fans will be like, okay, at least we know we're going to get good matches. And with Okada, like, yeah, like the dude is made uh, you know, you don't have to try hard to convince people that he's a top guy who can, can be competing for the top title. So, yeah, like I, I I assume it was a good match. You know, it in my mind, 33 minutes sounds like they had a good match. And maybe one day this month or this year, uh, I'll watch that match eventually. Uh, but no, I, I haven't been keeping up with New Japan, but I'm always I'm always here for our guy, Okada, Scotty. Of course, of course. JD, any have you been have you been paying attention? I know you know I know New Japan. We've said this a lot in the last few shows. Uh, you know New Japan. I don't want to say suffered the most from the from the pandemic, but they definitely you know you know they were probably the one that dealt that had the worst yeah. issues, of course, with travel and such. Mm-hmm. So they were. One kinda, other thing though, I think they suffered from is actually AEW opening up because a lot of the wrestlers there were working New Japan and they're not. And right, I think yeah. I think a lot of people I think AEW kind of fell into that New Japan niche for them 
That's a good point. Honor disappearing also, where they mm. have uh, something. I mean, it's not a, not New Japan, but they have a lot of the same guys who are stars there are uh, working out in AEW. So it's almost like having a, a USA version. I, mean, I know there is a I know there's a New Japan strong, uh, but it, I feel that have, I think AEW actually cut into more of the fandom of splitting up, having time to where you're going to watch it. Well, it's a lot easier to watch it on a Wednesday during. Eight o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night, as opposed to three o'clock in the freaking morning um, uh, when it's airing live on New Japan Global and stuff, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it even cut into availability of guys too. Like the AEW representative was Lance Archer, you know, instead of like a Hangman Page or somebody with a bigger, bigger name draw. I think what's I I followed the results, but I didn't watch a lot of the matches basically. Uh, and to me, it just kind of came off a lot like. Um, Less is more should have been taken in. 24 people, four blocks. Seems ambitious to go with a very predictable outcome, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. Just uh, take a lot longer to get to the same old result. Like, I think you had an opportunity to do something really unique or different. Like, in, ter- in terms of following the results, up until the last day, I think it was Osprey's block. I don't know what it was, but if he wouldn't have won his last match, that whole block would have been like a seven-way tie, which would have been so <laughs> weird to, like, figure out what to do. And I was right. rooting for that, but like you know, Will Osprey is going to win his match too, you know. So uh, to me, it's just kind of like a, I don't know, it didn't really do much for me. And I think what you guys have already been saying is with the pandemic, it's it's killed New Japan's buzz a lot uh, mm-hmm. to casual fans and even people like ourselves who I don't think we consider ourselves casual wrestling fans, but time is a commodity, um, and what we 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 really have to decide what we watch as we get older and. You know, uh, there's so much more available to us. And like Pete said and Nate said and Steve said, I'm not going to stay up till three in the morning uh, to watch the 87th match of the G1 tournament. You know, right. Well, it's funny you bring up AEW because and Boogie, I want to ask you this. Obviously, the the Forbidden Door thing experiment show did not go off the way that that everyone wanted it to Mm -hmm. yet injuries and and it was not as juicy as probably Tony Khan expected it to be, but was that, could that have been more for new Japan reach and just the trigger could not have been pulled better for them because of the injuries and kind of the travel issues. And uh, would you consider that a disappointment? Maybe not for AEW. That's, I mean, cause it was here, but what do you think for new Japan? Should that, should that have been a bigger boon for them? Yeah. Like I, I see where you're coming from. Like, I think it was more reciprocal for new Japan pro wrestling to get the rub. Like I, I made that comparison before on, on uh, Jordan, Jordan and I, and my uh, pod where uh, we talk about how new Japan is like the kerosene and whatever promotion that they work with in America, they're the fire, they're the match. And it's just a matter of how much you can, how much buzz you can get off of it, depending on the roster that they're working with on the U.S. side. And another thing that, um, and Pete made a good point about that with AEW. But another thing that's kind of important is that during quarantine and all this stuff, Ring of Honor, which was their closest partner in the U.S., went out of business. So they were up a creek without a paddle to try to get eyeballs from America to watch New Japan World and all this stuff. They Mm -hmm. have the notoriety. They have the inventory. They just didn't have the, they just needed to find another major promotion to work with. Would WWE have done it? I don't know. Um, but they got AEW, Forbidden Door happened. And you are right. Like their buy rate was the lowest they've had in a long time. Uh, 
they did sell out the United Center. But I think a lot of the, I think that sellout really, because Steve was part of it, that was, a lot of it had to do with the fact that they thought Punk was going to be there, but he broke his foot. So they had, to, they had to pivot and went to Moxley and Tanahashi, which I loved. I mean, Tanahashi's amazing. I'm not sure how well he did in this G1, um, but he's just like one of those guys, who, just like Okada, where it's like, he just doesn't disappoint. We, we also love Will Ospreay. He's actually going to be wrestling in AEW in about a week. So um, I, I'm glad that he's able to get that push. He'll probably be, you know, in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it, it does. It, G1 is just like Super Juniors. It's like one of those things for New Japan where people know it and they're gonna, they're, people are going to see somebody who's, who stands out. And you, it, you just hope that there's more people. But, yeah, like you can't have like a baseball regular season where there's like 27 matches and like the one who wins the block is like five wins ahead. You know, you got to right. kind of tighten the screws a little bit. Ben, what do you think? Well, in full transparency, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 2016, I received, I want to say Steve Willie's and JPW World Login in a, in a three-way <laughs> trade that somehow involved Jordan and Andrew getting my ROH login. It was a real blockbuster. Um, Damn it, Jordan, he found out. <laughs> well, I wasn't said it, subtle you, about you it. You said it on the air. So <laughs> you, you played yourself. Um, that being said, I haven't really made, taken advantage of that. Um, I haven't watched a ton of New Japan in the last few years, but I think the points already made by my uh, colleagues here, specifically Nate, talking about the fact that um, the Blooms off the rose a little bit, Pete talking about the fact that AEW stole out of their thunder, and then Rish wrapping it up pretty nicely. Um, I, there's, not a lot of, there's not a lot of appeal for me to carve out time in my schedule to watch another wrestling promotion um, right now. That being said, I will say as probably the most casual fan on this podcast, just in terms of the last few years, when those NJPW guys were showing up on AEW, I was curious. Um, and I do think Scott, to your point, the fact that forbidden door wasn't as much of a smash hit as it should have been, soured it a little bit because I was I was that guy who was like, oh, all right, maybe this is going to be the impetus to get me to start watching New Japan. But I was like, all right, I like Will Ospreay's pretty interesting. Okada's good. I knew this already. Tanahashi. All the, all the people who I already knew were com commodities proved themselves to be commodities, but none at, the, none at the extent that I was like, all right, well, now, you know, as Pete said, I'm not going to stay up till three in the morning to see Jay White because I can just see him on Rampage. So, yeah, the, there, there's not, to, to wind a longer answer than it needed to be, these guys have already said all that needed to be said. New Japan has seen its best days some time ago, um, but I do believe there's a lot of validity to what Nate said about the fact that, Nate or Steve, I don't know, there's like 20 people on this podcast. <laughs> someone, someone made the very good point that this is, um, this, this is the let's give the title back to AJ moment. This is the... You know, been kind of adrift. Nate, it was you. Um, <laughs> so we've been kind of we've been kind of adrift. <laughs> it clicked in my head as I was saying it. Um, but we've been kind of adrift as far as you know the pandemic and masks and cheering and all this stuff they've been able to do. It seems like they're finally about to get back to normal. So it's like let's just level reset. Let's just reboot the whole system. Go back to Okada. We know it works. Mm. Um, and then you know, if they're going to take any chances, it's not going to be for 
quite some time. The only question is, as we saw with Ring of Honor, by the time they take that chance to try to make another splash, is it going to be too late? Yeah, I think, Scotty, for me, like, I think we're all kind of in the same age group, some older, some younger. But New Japan in 2022 reminds me of MC Hammer when MC Hammer came out with the Funky Headhunter, right? Like, a few years earlier, Hammer was hot. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. You can't touch this, right? Mm -hmm. Then then Hammer's like, you know what? I got to switch it up. I got to get gangster. It's time for pumps and a bump. And I, and I like that song, full full disclosure, Steve Willie. I like Pumps in the Bump. <laughs> Give me the girl with the pumps in the bump. But the public wasn't, wasn't here for it. And I feel like with New Japan, it was a combination between the booking and also, you know, the pandemic. Because I feel like there was a chance late 18, early 19, where things might have started to turn around for them. But we, we will never know if they could have turned it around because once the pandemic hit, it was kind of a wrap. And now they're kind of starting from square one to rebuild that good faith with the audience. Uh, yes. Yeah, and the thing that could help me in the future is if you get like a Danielson or a Moxley in the G1 where you get some people really who would be interested in, in seeing all those matchups. And that's going to happen because, I mean, that's when on, that's on Danielson's uh, token list of things he wants to do in his, in his career is do a G1. So, you know, it's going to happen. Um, and, but, uh, you know, but right now they should bite by their time. New Japan is almost like a Phoenix. Sometimes it, it freaking dies off and, but it, it grows again. It got hot. It was hot through like 97, 98. Then for a bit there, it died down and then got hot again. Um, so, I mean, I think eventually it'll, it'll come back around, but right now it's just, it's just not there. Well, in the end, I just want to make a couple of points. Number one, whoever got Honor Club uh, in that trade got screwed because uh, <laughs> Steve, Will- Steve Willie is still in litig- closed door litigation over that. Um, uh, and uh, I think we ended an episode of Main Event with pumps in a bump. I think. I think we did. I think we ended an episode with it once. I have That's a feeling a we did. Song. I think That's it might be the second song. time you've ever. I think it's the second time you've referred to it on an episode, because I think I ended an episode with it once. If you guys yes. wait, I'll go listen back to all 199 of them. See if I can find <laughs> <laughs> My entire stint on this program, Scotty, has just been a backdoor pilot to get MC Hammer on Place to <laughs> Nation. <laughs> oh, God. He's probably available at this point. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I'm <legit>. sure he is. Until <laughs> <laughs> they took on the Washington Redacteds and got pummeled in the playoffs in 1991. <laughs> um, so, um, all right, let's uh let's transition from New Japan to let's let's get into like some meat and potatoes. Now, obviously, when the, when the year started, when the, when the calendar year started, AW was in its usual spot, not at the top, but everybody's little baby, the underdog. Everybody loved him, and of course, WWE. Everybody wanted a kick in the face. We got to WrestleMania. WrestleMania was an amazing show, uh, and. Double or Nothing was a great show. And then, of course, as the sum- this summer has progressed, things have changed very drastically in the wrestling landscape. Of course, uh, uh, VKM uh, has been hushing the girls. And uh, now he's caring for something in whatever end of his life. Or maybe they'll finally turn the cyborg key off and they'll just fold him up and put him in a suitcase. It's like short circuit three. Uh, because we don't, we still don't know if he's even alive. 
Um, and send, send him to hell. I mean, come on. Johnny Five man, is alive. So we, man we, is we just had the discussion. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> we just had the discussion whether or not he listens to podcasts. Mm. I don't. I think he still listens to records like on a Victrola. But that's, <laughs> that's <me. laughs> putting on my dad's on a summer. He probably put on summer to, to uh, you know to uh, put on pumps and a bump. Pumps it up. <laughs> well, think of all the secretaries he pumped it up. Oh, never mind. Um, so can you can you imagine this like man selling blue chew with Conrad? Oh, God. oh wow! I'll just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So Vince is gone, and then you know, and while Vince is in charge, the children are all spread out and demoralized. Uh, you know. Triple H is getting his feet rubbed in the chair, but oh, never mind. Um, you know, Stephanie's gone. You know, it's all it's all Vince and stupid Kevin Buck to fuckhead and all the and Johnny, the other you know, Johnny who can't, you know, who who was who big Johnny who was with uh uh what the fucking uh the bell the what's his name? The the Bella mother. And you know, he was getting he was getting Vince's leftovers, apparently. Um now Fast forward to today, and we have got a very different landscape going on down my turnpike here in Stamford, Connecticut. Um, the game gets up from the chair. It's like that scene. It's like a Triple H getting up from the living room and walking into the office. It's kind of like Linda at WrestleMania 17 when she got up from the wheelchair and started shaking her fists. That's kind of what, that's kind of what Triple H did. You know, he was all pumped full of drugs and medication because he almost died. Now he gets up from the wheelchair and he knees, he kicks Vince in the nuts and he just falls to the ground. Uh, Stephanie now is kind of eyeballing Nick Khan to make sure that, you know, stuff stays on the table. And now uh, things are happening. Um, Ben, what How was your on, Scotty? How much more would the landscape would have changed? I mean, he just undergot power at the beginning of the year. So you know, like Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby mm-hmm. Fish, all those guys. I don't think ever a lot of those guys would never have gone over to uh, NXT. I think. I think because I think Hunter would have given pushes in the on the main roster. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And they all the guys now. I mean. No disrespect, and, and listen, I, everybody thinks that I'm like the WWE apologist. I'm not. I just like to needle Tony Khan because he looks like Rick Moranis and he's a raging cokehead. But I have no, I have no, I have no issues with AEW as a promotion or the roster. Although, let's be honest, there are, and I'm sure JD, you and Reesh probably talk about it on your on your show, which is of course over on on the other side of the quad, over on Minoso. Uh, the, 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 there's chinks in that armor now that there weren't for the first couple of years, but now they're. There are some chinks in that in that uh, Jacksonville yeah, armor. They're, they're all out, all right. They're all out of love. They fucking hate each other again. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, you know, now uh, you know Punk hates Hangman Page because you know someone else acted like a dick, even though he's supposed to be the one that's paid to act like a dick. But anyway, uh, you know, and and apparently backstage and Tony Khan's acting crazy, and he's pretty much acting like Vince seems like. Um, but we'll get he, the AW. He had to get that fast pass for Jonathan Gresham because he was too small for all the Disney World rides. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number 20 wrestler in the world you're talking about. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, salute, salute to our short king, Jonathan Gresham. That's right. Um, so let's, let's go around the horn. Benjamin, when you found out when, with the rest of us that Triple H was now the, the true king of kings, off the highway here in Stanford. What were your thoughts? 
So here's what's interesting is I feel like WWE a long time ago became a place where the people in charge thought they knew better than the fans what the fans wanted fairly. And when AEW comes along, you basically all of a sudden you have a fan in charge. So you got a fan booking for the fans. So, of course, everybody loves it. And I, I listen, AEW has brought me back to watching wrestling on a regular basis. So I don't shit on it. But it was very much, you know, one of us basically getting promoted and, and, and dream booking, you know, um, not not necessarily doing stuff that makes long term sense, doing the stuff that he thinks is going to be coolest in the moment. And now what you have in WWE is you have, I don't want to say the best of both worlds, but in some ways a synthesis of it's no longer Vince and Bruce and Johnny thinking they and Kevin thinking they know best for the fans. It's Triple H who has done this for years and years and has the infrastructure, the mental infrastructure to run this business. But at the same time, he's doing stuff that people actually want to see. Like he's more tuned in to the fan base. When we took over, that was kind of my sense was I was like, (laughs) as weird as it sounds, I was like, oh shit, there's an adult in the room. Like it's basically like, you know, Tony Khan's a crazy teenager. Vince is a senile old man. Hmm. Triple H, Stephanie, even Nick Khan, when he's got someone looking over his shoulder, these are like legitimate adults who have done this before and know what they're doing. And that was what I thought. And honestly, I think it's bearing out that way so far in the sense that Triple H is making changes that people want to see. He hasn't done anything. I mean, look, it's only been a couple of weeks. So, you know, we could we could end up being back in the year 2000 with his you know reign from hell. But so far, he hasn't done anything self-indulgent. Um, he's done stuff that people legitimately want. Everyone seems happier. And that's kind of my sense. I don't think AEW goes away, but I do think it gets marginalized in the sense that it's almost like it seems like it's faded to become almost like an ECW where it's, you know, the, the, the stuff, the hardcore fans like, and WWE becomes the 800 pound gorilla again, crushing everything. But I don't know, like maybe, maybe we get, it, it even seems like Tony Khan seems to have accepted that in the first few weeks of triple H being around. Like it's no longer, Oh, I want to beat them. Now it's more like, oh, I just want to have fun doing my thing. If that makes sense. What do you think, Nate? I mean, you've talked about it, but what, do you, what, what at yes. this point? Yeah. So all this drama uh, surrounding the McMahons and Nick Khan and 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 Johnny Ace and all of these people and Triple H being cast out into the wilderness and coming back to sit on the throne. It's it's like a version of Prince of Egypt, Steve Willie, where none of the characters are likable. Uh, <laughs> but but that being said, I feel like. This is a good thing for not only the WWE, but for wrestling as a whole, because I feel like Triple H, as much as I dislike his booking decisions when he's an active participant, uh, Exhibit A, Booker T, Exhibit B, Sting, uh, Exhibit 3, the reign of hell that Ben Moore's All right, we, All right, all right, we get it, we get it. <laughs> uh, no further questions, yes, yes, yeah, thank you, thank you, Sheriff. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's where I draw the line, Pete. Uh, maybe 2022 uh, is not good for Lita getting pummeled with a chair, but in 2001, that was ratings, <laughs> damn it. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but, but I think that with, with Triple H, like, so far what we've seen is, like, it's still the WWE, but it feels like a more current WWE. 
which is something you were never going to get from a dude that was 79 going on 19 uh, in Vince McMahon, you know? And so I think the Triple H brings the perspective of not just the what the fans want to see uh, in terms of what Ben was saying, but also what makes sense from a storyline perspective. And yes, you know, absolutely. Just thinking about like the promo segment between Kevin Owens and uh, McIntyre the other night, like mm-hmm. that was great, you know, letting these guys go out there and do their thing. And we knew Triple H could do this because we saw what he did with NXT before he got handcuffed uh, by the company. So I think it's good for the WWE, but I think it's also good for wrestling because if Tony Khan is who I think he is, I think this makes him want to step up his game. And I don't think he'll ever get to the point where they overtake WWE because it's it's too strong a brand. But if we've got two competitive companies that are viable options for people wanting to work, I think that just makes the business better and it makes the product better. And the winners are the performers and us as the viewers. Hmm. Rich, what do you think when you first when you first found out? Well, I kind of lost thought because Brother Nate talked about the Prince of Egypt and I'm immediately thought about that terrible duet that Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston did. That was like a total <laughs> flop. I'm not, I'm much, not, what a wasted stuff. opportunity it was. Kind of like WWE the last three years. But um, <laughs> but you know what, Scott? You know, you're over there in uh, in Connecticut. Like, how peaceful is it when you, like, put your ear out your window and you don't hear the chiseling of the genetic jackhammer in Stanford anymore? Plowing oh, away at the foundation of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> The flag flies high, man. The flag flies high. <laughs> Wonderful. Just, I just hope it's not a false flag. Um, but no. for um, yeah, it's like I, you know, I I agree with what Ben said. I disagreed with one thing that Nate said. I completely agreed with something else that Pete said. <laughs> but at the end of the day, was, I'll right, give all, you my, the guess. All, all my jokes are done. <laughs> I, I'm I'm out of jokes. But um, the thing with Vince is that it was a long time coming. And spell coming, please, you... so we know. Oh, C O M I N G. Pronouns, pal. <laughs> For um, the thing with the uh, Tony Khan and Triple H when they sort of had their creative rivalry with NXT and AEW because that was the Wednesday Night War. The the thing I would say <clears throat> that Tony Khan is booked so well with AEW in terms of like the pay-per-views in terms of building trust with wrestling fans wrestling fans that like Ben had said about it it feels like that he's kind of won the hearts and minds meaning Tony Khan the hearts and minds of the wrestling fans and I really felt like that that sort of ideological war was over and that Vince and the WWE as a corporation because they were just they're still going to spit out money and revenue no matter what they do that they kind of just like resigned to that and said okay we're just giving me sports entertainment because we know the fans were just are just going to always be there we're always going to be ahead in the ratings of AEW no matter how much great wrestling they put out there and now with triple h i will say i'm starting to get that turn of the screw where i'm thinking maybe not like maybe triple h who really is a wrestling fan wants to do a wrestling show with wwe's budget and you can kind of see, like, the rumors swirling. Like, you know, Brother Nate loves those Marvel comps. It's like the, the blip where, you know, Vince snapped his fingers and all these guys like Bray Wyatt and Johnny Gargano are gone. And here's Triple H 
Tony, Triple H start snapping his finger and here they come back and you're going to build trust again. So I think it's going to be really interesting. But we need like an air. Every era has a nickname. We need something involving Triple H, like the Game Changers or something like that. Because I do feel like this is like a, a stop point where it's like, okay, this is Vince is out. Here's Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan running things. It's going to be different. For AEW and for other places, nothing really changed. That's the thing that's kind of weird about it all. That was mm. a five-star analogy, though. I got to tell you, man. That yeah. was <laughs> that, now I'm just imagining... I'm just imagining Bearcat Keith Lee just, I don't want to go, Mr. Levesque. I, I don't want to go. <laughs> oh, you don't think these AEW, me and George talked about this. You don't think these people are looking on the other side saying, fuck, I wish I was still there. Like mm-hmm. Samoa Joe and, and Keith Lee. I mean, I'm sure they have the regrets. Well, first off, Reese, you didn't have to do the, though. you didn't have to do the analogy because Ben doesn't work there anymore, so we can't get free unlimited logins. Oh, so yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, you don't have to wait. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not legally allowed to endorse that. Uh, <laughs> I, you got to give me like five more years. Um, uh, no, and I, I do think no. I don't think every single. I mean, I, I don't think. I, it's going to take a lot of. I mean, there are some guys who left because they didn't want to leave. Um, even the even Moxley, John mm-hmm. Dean Ambrock, who's probably the hardest hard ass right now. Even he's probably thinking, well, I guess eventually. But he's in a good spot right now, so what is he bitching about? You know what I mean? He's not going to say anything. Um, But uh, I definitely think that there are those in AEW who probably are thinking, you know, wow, I'm on dark elevation for the seventh straight week. Wow, okay. I mean, even if I'm on NXT, more people watch that than watching a show on YouTube. Um, so who knows? Well, could, I, could I offer the contrast to that though? Yeah. There's also guys in AEW who are like, yo, Triple H called me back, but I still can't do my Twitch stuff <laughs> and I still mm-hmm. can't work GCW and I still can't mm-hmm. go to Japan. So I think AEW still has a distinct advantage in that sense in that That's a fair point. They, they, they definitely have more freedoms there. Um, I don't know if Triple H can, has the power to change that side of things, but that was something that WWE was doing is basically cutting off their, their creative freedoms outside of the ring. I got to be honest. With you. So, so I you know? saw, I think just today on Twitter, and I have not verified this, so this could be completely me spreading bad information. But I saw somewhere that I think it was Drew Gulak was back on Twitch um, while, still, while still being under WWE contract. And people speculated that that's the beginning of Triple H loosening the reins there. But yeah, again, I, I saw. <laughs> yeah. He's not back on any sort of television show. No, but... no not at all. <laughs> But he has a way to make a living again. Yeah, I don't think Triple H gives a shit about the Twitch stuff. I don't even think he fucking even knows what it is. But, um, but I. But the guys that are making money off of it do is what I'm saying. No, I understand that. No, Adam Cole was making over 100k. He said. But what I'm saying, that's a positive, JD. Yeah, that's not a negative. What I'm saying is, I don't think Triple H gives a fucking shit what they do on Twitch. That's my point. Sure, sure. I'm saying it's a good thing. I've always been of the mindset. I've said this many times on this show back when, when. The core four was here, and Nate, I've said this on all 200 episodes. I think if you work for one of the big two, working somewhere else is fucking dumb. I'm sorry. It's dumb. If you're getting paid a lot of money to work for AEW, and then you go work one of these fucking dumpster match GCW things, and you break something, well, you're fucked. And now the, the, the company that's actually buttering your bread can't use you. 
because you got a fucking Nick Gage fucking light bulb in the <laughs> eye or some stupid shit. So realistically, um, I mean, what, I like, what if what if it's a six star dumpster match? Those guys, <laughs> yeah, six stars and six fucking hotel hospital bills. Sorry, Five and a medical center. Me. Oh, cool, we can say hospital bills again. We don't have to say medical center bills anymore. It's hospital bills. Now, I, I've I've always been in the mindset that that I don't think you should be because of that reason. It's not nothing to do with your freedoms. I think it always has to do with the company that's buttering that has the most butter on your breads investment but that's that's a different discussion for another day but um i do think that there will be some leniency on that stuff i don't think triple h cares whether you're on twitch or not i also think that because of the respect that triple h could give these guys and gals that have twitch and all that stuff that they're not gonna talk about there i mean vince hated it because they were bad-mouthing him on twitch probably whereas if if triple h gives them the respect they feel they deserve and have earned then go do your Twitch, play whatever Halo or what the fuck you do over there. I don't. If I could, if I could jump in for a sec, I don't yeah. think it was so much that Vince didn't want them talking shit. I think it's at the end of the day, Vince is a control freak, and he yes. did not want people going off. Whether that was New Japan, whether that was, and I, and I agree with you, Scott. I think it's that's, insane. That's a bingo right there. Right yeah, I think there. I think it's I think it's insane to work GCW, etc. I'm I'm with you on that page, but I think the Twitch stuff is like. That's Vince being old school, being like, I need to control every aspect of these guys' lives. Triple H, I don't think it's a matter of him not caring. I think it's a matter of he's a little bit younger. He's a little bit more in tune. He he doesn't need to care about Twitch to understand the value of Twitch. Mm. And, sure. I think, yeah. and I think he and I think he's a smart enough, adaptable where Vince was not enough guy. And I also think you know, take Nick Khan and Stephanie into account here. I think these guys are like, all right, at the end of the day. Do we want to lose a dozen talented wrestlers because we're not letting them, you know, play Halo with their friends? Um, right. No, that's not yeah. worth it. Vince couldn't see that because for Vince, it's all or nothing. He's an right. extreme personality yep. who needs to control every aspect of his employees' lives. Twitch, I don't think Twitch that's Triple H. Twitch is the equivalent uh, in 2020. Vince McMahon has. Sergeant Slaughter wanting the GI Joe money in 1980. Oh, nice. Good one. Yeah, because if you know that them making money, if he's not making it, you know? right? If this was right. 19, if you were in AWA 1983 and you had Twitch, you bet your ass Vern was going to try to take 30 percent of that shit. So we could all buy that lake you lived at. Vince McMahon is the antithesis of a collaborator. Ben is right. Like this is one where it's like it's mine. It's all mine. You're changing your name because not only do I want to trademark it, but I want to say I created it. You know, and that was one of the things that led to like probably the biggest event in the last 30 years, even though we've had so many huge news stories in the last year. It's like dizzying. But like the death of WCW, that was pretty much Vince buying it and saying, uh, I'm just going to just use it to sell sell it off to uh, fans who liked it. But I'm not going to make it prominent and like make a brand new promotion out of thin air because it's not mine. You know, yep. the thing the you're thing exactly with, right. The thing with Triple H that I think is important is that he will want to collaborate. There has mm -hmm. to be a culture change. Stephanie McMahon has to open doors and say, what do you want to do? And I, you know, the thing, the thing that I am thinking about Scott, about Paul Levesque and like his at triple H and everybody doing this Zapruder treatment of all the raws and SmackDowns to see what's different from how it was when Vince booked it is that everyone's looking at NXT 2.0. And they're watching this most recent one they had. They had like this kind of show that they gave a subtitle to. I forgot the name already. 
But um, Heat Wave. Heat Wave. Thank you. Heat Wave. And it was not bad. I actually did watch it. It was not bad. But anyways, they're looking at it. They're like, oh, yeah, they're going to put the black and gold back in it. No, that's the Trojan horse. They're putting the black and gold in the main roster. Mm-hmm. Right. Look at Karrion Cross. Holy shit, what's he doing there? Well, he was that's that's a triple H guy. Johnny Gargano, I'm shocked he's not back yet. You know, Ciampa is getting a huge push sitting there wearing Harley Race's jacket. <laughs> the biggest mm. giveaway of a triple H angle I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he has his favorites. There are some people that are probably gonna fall through the cracks that were Vince favorites. Like there's a rumor Lacey Evans is kind of on the outs, you know. No. but at the end of the day like it's like the metaphorical brass ring and how vince always propped that up to people but he raised it so high that the only ones that could get it were the ones who were getting paid the most this is this is triple h taking it off that pedestal putting in his hand going to carry across and say if you sign here i'm gonna make you something and you're gonna be a big star in the process what do you say and that's what this is I, I would love if Ciampa uh, ended up sculpting the Chester A. Arthur mustache on his face. He'd be my favorite wrestler of all time if he totally carried the. And then, of course, there'd have to be a bounty gimmick, a bounty angle, because all Harley Race uh, guys are, you know, a bounty angle. Um, interesting point about about uh, uh, that. That's a good what if I might have to do that on through the looking glass. What if Triple H was running the company when WCW got bought? That'd be very mm. interesting. That's interesting through the looking cloud to talk to Dave Hall about that. Um, Steve, uh, what do you think? Like, are you confident now? Do you feel good now? Uh, you know what? Hold, you know what, Steve? Hold your thought. I want to ask Pete because Pete of everybody in this circle, Pete watches WWE the least because I mean, the guy went to Dallas and didn't go to WrestleMania. Even you watch probably even more than probably Pete does. So let me ask you this, Pete. Does this move make you at least somewhat interested in wanting to watch some WWE? Semi, yes. Um, one thing, though, he, the roster has gotten damaged. I mean, so he, Hunter has got to be, be a better, could be better booking it and being able, making tighter stories. I think you're going to see more wrestling on the show. I think the silly skits are going to fall away. Still, he still's got to chew up three hours on on Raw and what Max SmackDown is still two, right? Or is that three now? Yeah. Also, no, it's still okay. Two. Okay, so that's still a lot of hours to fill. Um, but I think he'll do better. But he's still though the, the roster has been hurt. I mean, as in trying to elevate guys. So he's got a. It's it's going to be a long hoe for him. We're going to see some transitions, like we're seeing them. Like I thought the carrying crossing was very interesting. Um, I know a lot of people weren't high on him on his run because it was was bad. The people think he lacks charisma. I think he reminds me a lot of a young Triple H, and I think that's what Hunter sees in him. Mm. Uh, it took mm. it took Hunter a while to catch on. It finally took DX uh, for to bring out his personality, um, and, and and still it was slow. Even when he first got the belt, uh, it, it was people were still rejecting him as champion when he first got it. It took a Took a while for it for it to settle in, and I think Cross might be the same way. But again, 2022 versus uh, 1995, 90, I mean 1996, 97 is different uh, eras now. I mean, it's a big time difference. So I mean, to see it work. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Hunter does with the roster. 
I think his booking is going to be smarter. I think it's going to be a little bit more old school. I think he's going to value the belts a little bit. I mean, he's got to value the belts way more than what mm. Vince has been doing. Um, I think I think the 50-50 booking has got to go away because um, he's got to make guys relevant. And I'm sorry, the way to do that is, is it, you got to have a guy beats the other guy. I mean, it's... Uh, and then stuff like that. So I, I think I, I'm excited in that sense. Um, I, I like I like what when Hunter was in charge of NXT. I enjoyed what he he brought there. I mean those shows, those NXT shows were always good. I mean the weekly television was solid, but the damn uh, NXT specials were always on point for the most part. And uh, uh, to the point where the roster was getting pissed that they were uh, supposedly getting pissed because they were getting outshone. Uh, buy it, and and so we'll, we'll see what he does. I mean, it's going to take time. Um, I think Tony Khan approaching Ring of Honor also puts a lot more pressure on him because he's booking that. And we've always seen Rampage has already become like a kind of like a nothing show already, almost like a Thunder uh, in WCW time frame, and now he's booking Ring of Honor. So I think the guy is going to be burnt out uh, with booking ideas. And this isn't this isn't like when Ole Anderson used to book Georgia and whatever else, uh, and could run the same angle uh, because no one had the internet, and so no one knew that they're running the same angle in two different territories. Um, you can't do that there. So, and then he has uh, he already has the infrastructure. I mean, he has he has the the, the name value. People think of wrestling; they think of WWE. Uh, so I, I just want to see him. I think I think the pacing will be a little slower. On the stories, I don't think uh, they'll, they'll be pulling the trigger as fast uh, like they did. It was sometimes it was just so the angle is just sometimes they just be burned through them so often on Raw. I think Hunter is going to make the angles stand out a little longer and then play off the angles um, and make it mean something because I think he knows about um, about storytelling and I, I mean I enjoyed what he did in NXT and I hope he's able to bring it to and so far I, i've liked what i've seen uh of the limited stuff i've watched since he's taken charge after SummerSlam, we've seen him get his blue his fingerprints on it and, and get bringing in guys but the other thing though is also so far as booking reminds me a little bit of like early nitro i mean nitro is like uh during the nwo where he's bringing people in right now and like boom oh big pop you know or who you know shock moment you know you start running out of those and uh uh, which you know, hot shotting has never always worked. So he's, you know, you can do a little hot shotting, but eventually you got to settle in and 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 have your roster and just have good storytelling. That's why, like in, in the St. Louis promotions, they very rarely ever ran hot shotting angles. They just did basic booking and real smart with clean finishes. And that's why St. Louis was a, and they also had the best talent to bring the best talent. That's why they did well. But they, but because they had the talent, which WWE should be able to get the best talent. Should be able to look a little bit smarter and not have to rely on the hot shotting. I think Hunter is right now just doing a, bringing a little hot shotting. Like we've seen the return of Bailey and and Dakota Kai, you know, and then forming these type of groups. So uh, and eventually, I think his next big one is I'm um, is maybe what Sasha hasn't come back yet, has she? Not yet. No. Yeah. So no. I, I expect that. I expect him yet. to be able to amend that bridge, and I expect that to come back eventually. That'd be, that'd be the next big moment. We'll see. I think a name we haven't discussed, um, but I think he's a key player that we're not thinking about, is actually Shawn Michaels. The fact that mm-hmm. Triple H trusts him to run his developmental brand. I think we've already seen, even the first few weeks of 
what NXT 2.0, what you guys were saying about, you know, NXT is not going to go back to being black and gold, but I think Hunter's like, all right, well, Sean's got that under control. He can run developmental. And just even the fact that it's not like Triple H, and I've seen this this said a lot of places and talked about it on a lot of podcasts. It's big that he only has to worry about creative because Vince was doing Nick mm-hmm. Khan's job, Stephanie McMahon's job, and Triple H's job. Triple H, all he has to worry about is booking a wrestling show. He doesn't have to worry about signing contracts with the TV channels. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, the business side of this, but he's got, he's part of a team. And in my experience, a lot of people have always said like, no, the reason WWE or WWF succeeded is because everything started and ended with Vince McMahon. I don't think we're in 1995 anymore. I think we're in a place where, you know, four or five people can run this empire together and it might be better results than just one person having all the say. Do you guys think they're going to put more money into developmental now uh, that Vince is gone since he was the one who wrapped it up uh, before before the before the scandal? Um, I mean, I, they. I mean, he. Uh, we don't really know the future of NXT UK. I mean, everyone seems to think they're shutting it down. Because all these UK guys showed up um, this past week at Heat Wave, and then obviously they're doing this thing over the uh, Labor Day weekend. And they um, just lost more, and they just, they just let uh, let two of the guys go. Right. Um. I'd like to think that that because I think Triple H likes that cultivating. Uh, so I do think that there'll be something. I mean, I think he was happy when NXT. I mean, NXT UK was fine. I know they want to do an NXT. They had discussed an NXT India, um, NXT. They're opening one in Europe. They're doing an NXT Europe is what's the next thing they're doing, supposedly. Yeah, so maybe they're trying to like maybe they're trying to combine like different countries. The one thing Triple H uh, definitely uh, uh, does appreciate, which is a big something I like, is is emphasizing the belts because we can call mm. them belts again. Because what we have that we had the Monday night, uh, the couple of Raws ago. He did that awesome montage about the United States title and the whole thing involving Ciampa and Lashley. Yeah, the, the re-emphasis of the secondary titles. I like exactly. that a lot. Exactly. And then SmackDown a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, he uh, they did a they did a montage on the on the Intercontinental title, and then they had the mm-hmm. whole Gunther. Oh, maybe we'll get Walter back. Uh Nate, we won't have to deal with Gunther Gable Willie and his 16 Tigers. <laughs> Walter again. Maybe he can, speaking of a ham, maybe he could eat one and go back to being the Walter we liked. I will say, Gunther and Nakamura on SmackDown was a That was a banger. Match. It was. Yeah. And yeah. That's the, and Absolutely. That's the perfect name. And we said that, on, we, we said that, me and Jordan, on the other show. The one thing that I've noticed with Triple H running it that is markedly different, surprises. I mean, they always work. Banger main events or banger mm-hmm. segment main event segments things that are making you go wow I did not see that comment so right you know yeah. and I, here's the thing that's cool too so I watched one of the raws and it was the one that had two three ways and the winners faced each other for a shot at the U.S. title and I, I remember watching it thinking it was right after SummerSlam and I remember thinking God that's a lot of wrestling so you know Nate brother Nate. He's a well-connected man. He's a very well-liked man, but he's not the only one who has Brandon Thurston on his DMs. I do too. <laughs> so, so do we. He's on everybody's DMs. So I, I <laughs> he stopped responding to me for some reason. 
I keep maybe asking. Him what the, maybe he's not down disclosure too. <laughs> maybe he got thrown off when I kept asking him what the demo on Pornhub is. But um. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I actually asked him, is that the same, how much wrestling was on raw? He said, he replied back to me. He sent me an older tweet and said, it's actually about the same as when Vince ran it. And we say this all the time. It's not about how much wrestling you put into it all the time. It's about the care you put into it. Mm -hmm. And if you make the wrestling matter, then the matches, the results and the championships you fight for matter. You know, and maybe this is, and I will say this too. You talked about uh, Triple H and the NXT integration process. Everybody threw him in the mud when he got removed from power at NXT with that map when he was doing the upfronts and he had the map with all the NXT territories. And everyone was like, oh man, he failed. Tony Khan got his number. Maybe this is his second chance. Maybe this is the one where it's like, oh really? Well, now I have a program that actually gets better ratings than Dynamite and I can do better wrestling. And, and Hunter has the and Hunter's and Hunter. If you put it, I will use a poker analogy. He has he has the big chips, you know. Right, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. I will always stand by that. If the other guys are doing better, everyone's doing better, you know. And the other thing is <clears throat> that that whole Wednesday night war thing was a total losing proposition to begin with. You're going up against. You know, Dynamite was going up against a show that you didn't have to watch live. Mm-hmm. The show was on the network like a day later or on Peacock a day later. So mm-hmm. there was no sense of urgency to watch NXT on that night when you could just watch it the next day. So everybody watched Dynamite because you can only watch okay, Dynamite. Okay, on- yeah, Scott, I'm going to argue with that one. I mean, people, wrestling is a live thing. It's just, it's always done better live. I mean, uh, back in the 90s, that might uh, when you know, it, whenever Nitro went up against a uh, tape raw or when they were going head to head, I mean, Nitro used to just kick the shit out of it, uh, for the most part. I mean, the Mick Foley winning the title was the exception to the rule, but but you know, they also announced that on on Nitro. Um, so I, I, I think that's why I think it, it just NXT at the time was getting staler. Um, it was it, it became very formulatic. Um, and, right. and, and night and a W dynamite was just, it was just boom, 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 which just a more action fun show with, uh, and they had guys who were considered stars. I mean, they had Jericho, mm-hmm. you had Moxley, the guys in NXT didn't have that type of clout, you know? True. True. Um, what also hurt nitro though, Pete was nitro replayed at 11 o'clock. So you could watch eight to nine nitro when it was three hours watch raw live and then just watch nitro at 11 because tnt used to re-air it which i was right thinking. oh yeah that's true that's true which is kind of strange but in any event um i agree with you on that though you know you're all right you make a good point that it was that the the talent was weighed more I, I agree with you on that um let me bring up another guy whose name we've not talked about and he's kind of a big deal at the moment and that is of course uh the uh the chief the head of the table um Vince, I mean, he's a Vince guy. We've known that for, what, eight years. But finally, he's in his best role. Let me start with you, Steve. How long, how do you think the trajectory, does the trajectory change at all for Roman Reigns from here on out now that someone else is is handling him? I don't think so because they're in a 
place with his story that they've kind of gone through all of the competitors. So they're, you know, the assumption has been since Cody got there that that's that's the build. Now you got to wait until he gets back. But yeah, I, I just he's the he's the star. I mean, Roman Reigns, there's no doubt about it. He's he's a guy that moves. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he he moves tickets. He, he moves ratings. When he left, ratings went down. Right. Um, well, here's a question for you, Steve, real quick before I uh, I'm gonna interrupt. Um, now that Cody coming back, do you think Hunter is going to have anything against him doing all those anti-Hunter spits <laughs> in AEW and stuff like Possibly. that? Possibly. Um, mm, I, 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 I don't think so. I think he I don't think so either. I think he has Hunter doesn't, Hunter doesn't take that shit personally. One of the He's most popular Okay, okay, well, Scott, that's, that's wrong. If, when he was a competitor, he took it very serious. <laughs> and uh, he used to cut people off at the legs in promos. Talking about Jericho's lifts and shoes. Uh, <laughs> but that was him being cutthroat and trying to protect his spot. It's a different I I will say it's different. He's a different hunter or it's a different he's not he's not gonna do that for a uh, but but it's a possibility. It's not like it's not in his DNA to cut somebody off at the legs because he got because he has got a, he got a petty He's been petty because a hunter's been petty in the past and stuff. And and Ben made a good point. He's not the numbers guy. He's the creative guy. Mm-hmm. So if Cody Rhodes is moving stuff by, you know, he did that match where he had the torn pecs, so disgusting. But it got a, I mean, everybody watched it and everybody, he mm-hmm. got a lot of traffic on t- on uh, on the internet. If he's moving the needle, pun intended, then no, of course he's going to get a push. Yeah, and speaking of pun intended, like if I'm Triple H watching what Cody's did in AEW, I'm just like, game recognized game. Like, if I was in your shoes, I'd exactly. be doing the same thing, brother. Exactly. So I think it's, like, there may be, like, deep, deep down in the, in the heart of Hunter Hearst Helmsley where no, he, he lets nobody in, Scotty. Like, maybe <laughs> there's a part of him that felt wounded. But I think just as a competitor, just as somebody who's been in this business for so long, I think he's just like, I see you, Cody. Like, I don't think there's going to be any lingering animosity from that. I, well, first off, I, think, I, think, I think Cody and Roman have in common that they're both guys who have earned Hunter's respect mm. um, just through the work that they've done. The fact that Cody said, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to leave for five years and come back. And with Roman, I think just the work he's put in, like the eight year journey to get where he's at. Like, I don't think I don't think of I, Scott. You're right when you say Roman is a Vince guy. But I also think Roman is a product of everyone, including Hunter. Mm-hmm. working to get him over for the last eight years. Like, I think Hunter's invested in Roman. I don't think I, he's I just like think Hunter sees a lot of. I think Hunter sees a lot of Roman in himself, as in, like, uh, he, uh, Roman was supposed to win the belt years ago, and he got pushed away. It's kind of like the King of the Ring, when he was supposed to get uh, win the King of the Ring, but Austin did it and exploded. So I think he sees a little, a little bit of the punishments uh, between the two that's happened. Yeah, I mean... Cody, I mean, if uh, Triple H isn't stupid, I mean, he stood backstage at 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 uh, Jerry's house and watched that pop before he wrestled Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he smashed the throne. Yadi fucking yeah, he's not ten years old. I think we can move on from that. Uh, maybe they should do a gig. Maybe they should do a gimmick where they both get in the ring and smash each other's thrones. I think that would be pretty great. I mean, um, I've been saying this for you know, Steve Willie knows exactly where I'm taking this 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 turn off of the highway. <laughs> Hunter, one night only. WrestleMania, Los Angeles, with Nate Milton sitting front row in attendance. Trips and Steph, 
Cody, Devontae, Rhodes, and Brandy. Let's get it done. Sign the paperwork. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Night one of WrestleMania would just be their, them coming to the ring. <laughs> yes. Both of them. The, o- the only way I will watch that is if Stephanie and Brandy cannot be tagged in. <laughs> what if they she was do down the there. match? She was down what there wrestling. The match? What if they do the match after one of Brandy's YouTube shows where she shit faced? <laughs> She's on the court. She can't wrestle anymore. So, I mean, you know. But uh, but then again, Triple H would be Randy the Ran. He would do the tr- the pedigree, and then he dropped dead. So oh, wait a minute, just like Flair. What's going on here? No, I'm just, kidding. Um, <laughs> just like I don't even. Pete wanted to book that. No, um, but uh, no, but but uh, no, I think I mean Roman is a, is a cash cow right now. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. about that. His matches are great. Uh, you know, we don't we know we're not going to see Brock. Brock was a Vince guy. As we saw the night in Boston when he took his ball and he pulled us 2002, almost pulled a 2002 Stone Cold <laughs> when he found out that his boy was gone because Triple H has no use now. Triple H is going to have no use for part-timers anymore. That's his whole point. We don't need part-timers. Next year in, in L.A. will probably be the last of the – it'll be like a tra- – this is my opinion. It'll be Because like I was going to say, Scotty, there is one part-timer who supersedes all part-timers. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, he's at the real is, table. Is, is, the is dinner Roman table, Tony Khan. Right now? Or Nick Khan. Is it, 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 I think you're going to get a guy here and a guy there. They may still do Roman and Rock at Mania. Rock may end up being the headliner of the Hall of Fame. But I guarantee you by 2024 at WrestleMania 40, right down the pike here in Philly, which, by the way, is going to be fucking awesome, um, is you're going to see a completely different WrestleMania. You're going to see Manias like in the, in the late, in the early to mid-2000s where we're not going to have a ton of celebrities, a ton of useless schlocky pop. You're going to see match, 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 match. And they're all going to be awesome. They're all going to be booked right. They're going to be builds. I guarantee you by the time we get one to Philly. One or two show, one or two nights. I, I don't they're, think. They're already booked into two nights, aren't they already? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't think I don't think they could. I'm okay with two nights. Look, if you're going to have 15, 16 matches, I'm ha- totally mm-hmm. happy doing eight a night. I got no problem with that at all. Um, also, the money that the money they're making off of two nights, they're never turning around. It's the same reason no. Raw. It's the same reason Raw will never be two hours again. Yeah. Right. You know. And my other it, it thing, it makes money. It works. And let me tell you something. I said this too, and I think I mentioned this what the the the, the on our episode when uh, after Dallas, um, the seats I sat in were the same both nights, but I but and I I haven't sure if I asked the other crew that was sitting in another section, but. The people that sat in the front row Saturday, or the front row, the people that sat in the row in front of us on Saturday were not the people sitting in that same row on Sunday. So I think a lot of people picked and chose. Mm-hmm. And, and and let me tell you something. They did a hell of a job because I'm sure people that bought the Sunday uh, card were like, well, I want to see Stone Cold. They were awesome to incorporate him and Vince so people didn't get screwed that they didn't show up Saturday to see him. Same thing with Taker. Taker came out and did the double thing as well. So that was pretty smart. But I don't think um, I don't think uh, they'll get rid of the two nights uh, for a while. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't but think that's going to happen. Maybe not, Scott, but I think you're on to something about the um, the the end of the part timers or the end of the end of 
Roman Reigns getting the rub off of the Rogues Gallery of Hall of Famers. I think they have. I think they've realized over the last six months, as they've withdrawn Roman Reigns to make him feel like a bigger deal, that maybe Roman is the rub. Maybe you can right. have him feud with Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross and Riddle and prop those guys up instead of mm-hmm. you know just like what Vince would do. Oh, let's get Brock. Let's get Cena. Let's get Brock again. Let's get Brock again. Let's get Brock again. And it's like, no, I think we've seen this already. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back, where they had Brock for SummerSlam again. And I mm-hmm. felt like the collective reaction of wrestling fans and WWE fans was eye roll. We've seen this before. I mean, did you like the SummerSlam main event, Scott? Um, You know what's funny? I actually like this Brock. Like, I fucking hate uh, no talking. Stone Cold Brock Lesnar. Yeah, <laughs> j- j- no hair. I'm tear for the check. Fuck you, Brock. I like the ponytail, bearded, driving the tractor. Don't give a shit. Ha- finally having fun doing this, Brock. The Brock mm. that we've never seen in his entire wrestling career. We never saw Brock having fun, and it took till the last two fucking matches that he has with Roman Reigns that we finally saw fun, Brock. Yeah. So. So the answer to your question, Reesh, is from a work rate perspective, it was, eh. I mean, it's the last man standing. That's like WWE's favorite fucking gimmick. Um, I did. I did like Michael Cole. He says, for the love of God, count faster. That's the same thing Vince McMahon said to his attorneys during these NDAs. (laughs) (laughs) What's on page 727? What's this $1 million? Who's Le Devante? I don't know. But I think, uh, (laughs) but I think that, I think th- that match was good. It was fun. I liked the flipping of the ring, and that was kind of neat. But um, uh, I think their best in terms of wrestling match, uh, probably the first one in Santa Clara. I don't think they ever got any better than that, even with Rollins in the last couple minutes. Um, the match in New Orleans was not great. Uh, the one that SummerSlam that year. That This is the second time ever that they wrestled at both WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Mm. Did it in 2018, too. And both those matches were eh. The one in Dallas was... A disappointment. Yeah, it wasn't great. I feel like they went home early. I felt like somebody got hurt. So, uh, but the point is, we don't need to see it anymore. It's done. And I agree that I like your thinking that that Roman Reigns has probably become the the put-over guy. I'm not saying he's going to be like Honky Tonk in 89, 90 and jobs everybody, like, including the, the catering guy or anything. But... I think Triple H realizes eventually I have to beef this roster up and we can't do like Hogan did to poor Warrior in 1990 and be left with no <laughs> fucking heels. Um, eventually, we're going to have to boost these guys up. Yep. And, and, there's, a, and there's a long game here because like Pete said, like people are like, oh, we got to get that Raw title off of Roman. We need a champ on Raw. Where's Sasha Banks? Why isn't she back yet? Maybe Triple H is playing it out. Make, make her the Raw champion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Why? Do we have, why does everybody have to come back right now all at the same time? That's what right. pissed everybody off with Vince. Or, or, I'm, I'm a firm one. believer. Have one champion. Let him be on both shows. You know. It's yeah. Just... Why? Why can't we just do that now? Like Triple H, I think would have. Why do you think he's doing these? That's why I think, guys, that he's doing the that he did these vignettes for the because that's what the whole thing was supposed to be in 2002. There wasn't mm. supposed to be. They weren't supposed to bring the big gold belt back. They were going to have one champion. On both shows, and then they would emphasize the IC belt and the the, the U.S. title more. 
Instead, Bischoff ditched the IC belt and gave gave Hunter Rick's belt, and everything was all at Hockey Dory. It's pretty much what happened. But I mean, if you I, look at it, though, the elevating the belts, that's a good point. I mean, that's how you also, I mean, that's how Hunter got over and jumped into the main event. And that's how The Rock did. That's how Steve Austin did. I mean, the that belt, I mean, if used properly, the Intercontinental and the U.S. belt can springboard into the stars. You get, you start beating people. Then you beat, oh, you win this belt. And then you defend it. And then, oh, but you lose it. But you, you've already graduated past it type of thing. Like, you know, right. I mean. That ladder match made Rock and Triple H uh, into main eventers over the Intercontinental title. And, I mean, it's, it's something that's, you know, in the history. But, but the, you know, eventually it became much just a complete prop. And I think you're also seeing, I think you're also seeing the, with the belts, Hunter being an old-school NWA fan in the sense mm. that Flair was always the top guy, but you made the, the freaking television title mattered. Like yep. when Tully was holding Hell it. Hell yeah, man. it did. Those belts mattered. U.S. title when Magnum had it or when Nikita had it. Those were important. They weren't. They never superseded the world title. But you knew you weren't getting a world title match every week, and that's okay because you had these other belts that did matter. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree, hundred percent. Oh wait so a I minute. Are you saying a promotion with too many belts means the belts don't matter? Me and Jordan talk about that every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's just me trying to get booked on your show, Reese. I think like I don't think we need two sets of tags because there's just not enough tag teams in WWE at least for now that's something I'll also look forward to seeing what Triple H does with the tag division because Pete you've bashed the shit out of it every episode and you're absolutely right the tag division in WWE is garbage Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know I'm not a fan of putting two singles guys together that's stupid except of course RK bro which actually ended up being a pretty fun tag team to watch I'm not gonna lie that's because Riddle is amazing he is amazing. Um, uh, so let's transition. Speaking of the other side of the coin, let's let's spend the rest of our show talking about the other con. Con, not not Noonian, not Noonian, but the other con. Um, because obviously during the pandemic, AEW was clearly the better product. There's no doubt about it, and they had a better roster. Not to say a better roster. They had a, they had a more compelling main event feuds. I still think their women's division is crap. Uh, I'll say that till the day I die. They, they um, used their roster better than the WWE did. They did the except the women. But yes. then again, Kenny, Kenny booked the women and he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, the tag division, the tags in AEW are just, uh, it's going to take a long time before Hunter can, can get the, a tag division at the level that, that, that AEW is. Um, but it's obvious that the that the shine is dulling a little bit with that now. Cody leaving like opened a can of worms that I don't think anybody ever thought would come this quickly. The other problem AEW has right now is obviously shit going on with with Time Warner. Uh, you know, HBO Max is is now going to merge with Discovery. Apparently, I was I was uh, I think Andy Atherton told me this because he's kind of in the know in the in the business like I am. Uh, uh, f- there were forty layoffs. Uh, within HBO Max. So, and and now you're not sure if you're going to have any wrestling programming on any. So, in Tony Khan's defense, he's kind of in a weird spot right now because everybody's talking about, well, why don't you just give ROH a show? They're lucky mm-hmm. Dynamite's even going to be on the air much uh, in the next year. So, I will say this, AEW's in a weird spot right now because just like WCW, 
they're on a network that you know they're on a network that nobody understood them and everybody hated them. Um, I, I'm not saying everybody hates AEW and in Turner now, but again, wrestling is always going to be one of those kind of hidden, you know, secrets in terms of the television industry. Um, so what? If we look ahead through the end of the year, we go past All Out and and and. Do we feel that that the AEW roster does need to start focusing on its homegrown talent? Let's talk about that for a minute because Tony Khan got all these WWE people because they wanted he wanted to stick his finger in Vince's eye. Now that that WWE is run by a guy that most people actually kind of like, maybe it's time to stop doing the punks and the mox. Well, maybe not Moxley, but like the punks and all these guys that that maybe. You got you brought into your company simply so they can cut, you know, snarky, you know, backhanded WWE dig promos like everybody felt like they had to do it was in their contract. And I mean, I mean, come on, Scotty, Scotty, come on, man, bringing those guys in gave AEW some clout. Um, and we, we made them some uh, uh, what is water cooler talk. I mean, it's uh. It's more than just being snarky and, and being anti-WWE. I think it had a lot to do with giving giving you guys some main events and giving you had Punk and Danielson, who uh, probably in the last 10 years when WWE, along with Roman, Brock, and Cena, were the, probably meant the most to that audience. And then bringing them over, you're bringing in, I mean, you're bringing in big stars uh, there. And then uh, for that, I mean, that's all you're going to do is improve your roster. I mean... I don't think it was. I don't. This is definitely not uh, uh, Nitro or Bischoff bringing somebody in just to cut a hateful promo like Medusa dumping the belt in. I think. I think. No, no, no. I'm not going that far. But okay. Yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying. But, but, but seriously, like, I, I guess for me, I'm, I've been the my probably my favorite guy in that whole company is Hangman Page, and I feel like he's just been completely treated like shit through the whole through the whole process, and from the beginning, he won the thing in 2019. He, you know, he was the guy, he was the guy. I get why Jericho, and I've said this on the show before, but but since we haven't had the core four on in a while, I, I, I get why Jericho what was the first champion. You wanted a guy with some credibility and everything. Mm-hmm. I got that. But instead of like Hangman Page kind of getting the rub still, he vanished. Fell into the tag division, was doing cowboy shit, drinking beers, acting like James Storm, <laughs> all that stuff. And, that, and that's fine. It was funny. But he got kind of lost in the shuffle. And then Moxley came, and he had to do his fuck WWE, and then all this stuff, and then he got lost in the shuffle. And then finally, after the you know coming back from his paternity leave or whatever, then he got elevated back. Mm-hmm. He had the belt for a cup of coffee, and then Punk just beats him. Like I, I don't know. I just I I guess my point is, Pete, I understand the roster. I understand the point of the roster being elevated, but. They're the ones that have the pipeline to the indies, not WWE, at least at the moment. So I get Danielson. I get, but they're the ones that keeps, AEW seemed like the promotion that wanted to bring in the indie pipeline and bring in all these young guys and have this awesome tag division and have this awesome women's division, which they don't, even though they do have a few. No one, as, these, as Steve and these guys can tell you, no one loves Thunder Rosa more than I do. But now... Let's focus on getting the homegrown talent back to the top. It's obvious, as we've heard over the past couple of weeks, that Punk is a miserable bastard. He's always been. He always will be. And 
Can Tony Khan afford to have this kind of crap going on where instead of just elevating the homegrown guys that have been here from the beginning, kind of like the promo that Hangman cut that Punk got pissed off at, but because he was right. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, is this a work? Is this a yep. grand work? Work, I work, mean, work, work, work. Yeah, yeah that, that, stuff, <laughs> that, that goes back to a promo from several months ago. Uh, so Punk was just trying to start shit up back, back on that. Yeah, mm. grand work. So I, I think Scotty, like, I, I will push back a little bit on the on the Hangman page because as we, you and me and Steve talked about, we're at the beginning, Hangman Page wasn't the dude that could go on Ellen, and True. I think we had to tell the story, or we TK had to tell the story of Hangman going through the struggles so that he could get the title, and I think that was a well told story. My issue with TK is after he won, I don't think he knew how to follow up on the story. Nope. I felt well. I think part of it was I felt the timing was bad because right when they're about mm. to pull the trigger, then you get Danielson and then you get Punk. You now mm. you have guys who are bigger than the champ on the roster. Um, well, that's the other part with Tony Khan, though, Pete. I feel like Tony Khan is, as Ben said, he's he's the voice of the fan, but he also has a very short attention span. Yes, and whatever toy is the newest toy that he buys is the toy that he's going to play with, and I feel like you've got so much talent that is lost in the shuffle. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm particularly thinking of, you know, a guy from your neck of the woods, Keith Lee. Like, oh, like yeah. I like the tag team, but it, to me, it's like you don't bring Keith Lee in to be a tag guy. That's not, that should not be his role on the show. And I agree. I and feel like, and that, that's a, that's bad for Swerve Strickland. Yes. Because this is a guy that, I mean, and you would talk about the signings and the CM Punk and Dan, and I almost did it, Brian Danielson. And um, Adam Cole. But then you see this onslaught of people that come in and you're like, really? Like Parker Boudreaux and Tony Nese and <laughs> Athena. And it's like, okay, now we're just getting the hand-me-downs. Yeah. You know? and, but here's the thing. Not all of them are hand-me-downs. And Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland fit that bill. Swerve is one where I watch and I'm like, thinking of WWE when he was Isaiah Scott. Like, how did you fucking miss on this guy? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you know, I'm super positive on AEW, so I just got to interject and just say one thing to defend them a little bit. Uh, have you all seen Keith Lee wrestle singles matches in AEW? Because I think him being in the tag is probably the best thing for him right now. Like, dude, I think COVID took him down a step, and I think he's got to work for a while to get back to his Keith Lee that we're expecting. And I think when he came in, I don't think he was the Keith Lee we expected him to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Swerve. Uh, I think Swerve that's a very a good point because the guy's yeah. also over forty. I mean, and he's you know right. uh, putting a lot of tire on those wheels too. Yeah, Swerve he's just had an interview this week. Big man style. I mean, he's done an athletic big man style for years. And uh, yeah, Swerve basically implied that Keith Lee almost died during COVID. Mm. Um, and it'll be talked about this, Nate, you and, and man Scott too. Like when he came back, he was very much a a step or two off of his yeah. of his game, um, you know, gain, gain some weight and, and such. And, and of course, it's going to happen. I mean, he was really sick for quite a few months. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've actually really enjoyed their tag team um, that they've been doing. They're, they're kind of like the kings of Rampage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like they, they actually had me interested in. Um, in, in Tony Nice for like a week and a half. And, uh, yeah, you know, you know, who's Woods. The, you know who's in the demo for Rampage? Uh, according to Brandon Thurston, me, Jordan Duncan, Steve Willie, and yeah. about three other people. Man, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, family. The, 
Yeah, the the rampage is so strange because you had mentioned this before, Pete, about it kind of being like the thunder. There are days where it's like that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you mm-hmm. know what? This week we're gonna make rampage like absolutely must see, but no one's gonna know about so, it because yeah. I think that's a very fair point. I remember in '98 when Thunder was already dead. I remember they had a great they had a Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero match go like 25 minutes, and then he had a Kidman <laughs> and Chavo Guerrero go 15, and it was like. Great show, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what's sad about that? Pete says in '98 when Thunder was already dead, it debuted in '98. <laughs> 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 it died that fast. Dead I on the run. Uh, I yeah, think I the only time yeah. Brendan. No, you're Russell right. It was dead in '98, man. Thunder. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was dead after the fourth episode. Honestly. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I have a thought with the rampage thing where Steve said, like, sometimes it's like a, a basically glorified episode of dark. And then sometimes it's like, oh, Brian Daniels is wrestling. It's when they tape rampage after dynamite versus when rampage is its own arena show and they have to put on something bigger. Uh, yeah. That's what I look for when it's because I went to blood and guts live and we taped rampage afterwards. So we watched blood and guts and an hour later. We're watching Nyla Rose and Tony Storm. You know, so right. uh, when Rampage is after Dynamite, it tends to be the leftover stuff. Then then they had mm. one in California that was live, and it was the yep. Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. And they exactly. Down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that, too. Um, in the one in Milwaukee I went to, the first time they were in Milwaukee, that was the Giannis episode uh, mm-hmm. with Rampage. Well, the one where he almost tore his ACL. Because <laughs> he was so excited. Yeah. Uh, but that was the Lucha Brothers Jurassic Express match that was yes. than anything on Dynamite. So, you know, I, I, you know, what I really think killed them, uh, Rampage, was um, all the the sports that preempted mm-hmm. it. And yeah. it was on at a different time. Especially the playoffs. Every True. week. And, yeah. you know, you just can't, you, you just can't get back from that. I think that hurt NXT, too. Like, every uh, Friday, Steve, like, every Friday, I have the same exact experience when I get home from work. <laughs> and that experience is... is <laughs> TBS I hate or TNT? I know. I, <laughs> which one is? Might have sit in the bathroom and cry. What's yours? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scott, can I ask you a question? Uh, sure. Why not? Okay. Since you ask us so many things, Scott, I want to know how you're doing. No, uh, I do want to know how you're doing. You can tell me off the air, but okay. Um, Reese and I have been doing an AEW show, and uh, one thing that we're really good at is wildly speculating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned that AEW needs to get speculators. Yeah, uh, AEW needs to get back to building the homegrown talent. So after MJF returns next week on Dynamite, what will your thoughts be? Well, I love MJF. I can't wait till Triple H books him in Philly to uh, win the Ro- – no, I'm only kidding. Um, I mean, who knows if that happens or not. I, I love MJF. Now, there is a guy. Now, is MJF like a piper? Is he like a Jake Roberts? Is he so over that – I mean, I, it's amazing that guy hasn't won one belt yet in three and a half years. He's winning the much. belt at all out, Scott. Uh, maybe he does I mean, have a dynamite would... diamond ring, though. Yes, the disrespect of the diamond rings is appalling, Scott. Yeah, man, <laughs> for like the last two years. <laughs> well, Scott did say belt. He didn't win a belt. He, he didn't win a belt. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, it's like it's like when uh, DDP won the ring or won the the lottery money or whatever the fuck that storyline was. Speaking of uh, crest, crappy storylines, the, the lethal point. lottery. What was that? The lethal lottery ring, or yeah. what the fuck? Battle was Bowl. That? Or was that yeah, the, uh, yeah, I mean, the Battle Bowl. Angles. Yeah. And then he ended up wearing, like, uh, sweatpants tights with holes in them or some shit or whatever that was. <laughs> or whatever that fucking, yeah, whatever that stupid really storyline was. DD poor. Yeah. 
<laughs> DD4, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. There was a sign, I think, that said DD4. <laughs> um, MJF is, uh, I mean, obviously he's under contract. He's not going to bail on it. So I think he's going to give, unless unless he thinks Tony Khan is just irrationally nuts, but you know, I don't know. But I, I think you're going to see MJF get a, get a, a solid pushback because this could be another work, shoot, shoot, work thing. Mm-hmm. And and maybe eventually uh, he gets elevated and he does become world champion. And we actually have like a heel that's world champion. Oh, yeah. I'm not I joking. Like, I, th- I think he's winning the belt at all out. I, I really do. Uh, I think I mean, that would be kind of that'd be that shit. That I mean, they've got their match next week on Dynamite is Punk versus Moxley. They're giving away their main event yeah. on Dynamite. Pretty much. Which yeah, sets the he, stage for he, he, someone to pull a box off their head and say, that's not Kip Sabian. And uh, ruin everything and get inserted into the match. I'm just wildly speculating. And uh, Pete, uh, Pete was talking about the history of hot shotting. And listen, Tony Khan is a fan and a promoter and a mark, or as MJF would call him, a fucking mark. <laughs> just like all of us. That's a hot shot. That's, yeah, that's a situation a... where it's like, you know what? I got a better idea. Let's get this off of All Out. We'll put it on free TV to get a pop a rating. Mm. And then we'll put something else on All Out because we know the fans are going to watch it because AEW has built so much trust with wrestling fans. Yeah. But let me ask you this. If this is what the plan all along, is that really a hot shot? If they were just, if that's what they've always wanted to do? If that was it's long, a hot shot, no. you like, yeah, I don't know. If it's, yeah, maybe if that's the original plan, but it's still a hot shotting angle. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the original plan was Punk MJF at All Out, but with punk breaking yeah. his his foot um yeah. I, you know i you had told me today during because i hadn't watched dynamite yet about that happening next week and i'm like that's a poor fucking decision right there <laughs> because what gave all out last year all the buzz was adam cole and brian danielson coming out at the end of the show mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so mjf coming out at the end of cm punk versus uh john moxley i almost said dean ambrose you could tell him back on the era scott um <laughs> Wonderful. yeah like that made the most sense to me and I, like man i have like goldberg hogan man like you're not gonna... i think it's yeah i think it breaks down to buzz versus buys you know yeah, like we'll talk mm. about hot shotting again i mean yeah. you have who the hell debuts two guys on the same freaking show i mean you could yeah. stagger that one off a little bit and made it a little bit more Interesting. Maybe you show him up on Dynamite tonight. You know, don't have to show listen. Him. I was there. I am oh, like, like it was crazy. Like, I was, I was gonna I was, say, I like, I, I hear what Pete is saying. Greatest thing. <laughs> yes, as a viewer though, like, I that to me, like, I I think that was the smart use. App, that was the smart oh, application of hot shots. As, as a viewer, but as a guy <laughs> who has to write television and I have to go up the next day and has to get the crowd interested again, having then Cole show up the next day, uh, week. Uh, or two weeks or whatever, you know. And that's that's part of the part of the issue. That's the other thing with Tony Khan that I think is going to start to show seams in the long run is you can't you can't be the guy doing everything, man. You can't be writing all right. like like it's it's like uh, the Source Awards. I know you remember this moment, Steve Willie. It's like you know Suge Knight talking about Puffy. If you want to come to a record label with a producer that's not all in the video. <laughs> All on the track. It's like I can imagine Triple H, Scotty's boy, just looking at everybody. Are you in saying AEW. Tony Khan is going to be involved in a drive-by shooting? 
Who says he <laughs> hasn't, said. allegedly? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, one of these days, Triple H is going to come out on Raw and say, hey, to all those wrestlers out there, if you're tired of your promoter writing all the Dynamites, writing all the Rampages, writing all the ROHs, come to death row. I mean, WWE. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, ROHs, I, I'm, I'm wondering at this point now, considering the uh, the instability of what is going on with uh, with Warner, um, uh, should Tony Khan have bought ROH? Was that a shiny toy that he wanted everybody to go, look at me, look at me, look at me. But now he doesn't even know what the hell to do with it because he's worried for his own regular programming on Turner and not and and and. Maybe there's no slot even for ROS, so who knows? I know Death Before Dishonor was an awesome show. It it sounds like a mistake, and now he has all all these other people to be on this Ring of Honor roster, and he can't can't really do a whole lot with it right now. Uh, I mean, and 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 like I know Meltzer has said it before, I mean, wouldn't you just labeling it uh, AEW mean you're going to draw better than Ring of Honor anyway? I I mean, the whole point is about drawing. And the production value of ROH was never good. It yeah. never was. If you yeah. watch Death Before Dishonor, it was it a callback to Ring of Honor as a pure wrestling promotion? Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't fantastic, other than the main event, the tag main event. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. production was just way better than the Sinclair years. Like half of these Ring of Honor things have like house music, and you can barely see what's going on because <laughs> the freaking camera's out of focus. Yeah. You know. But they had great wrestling, but you're right. It's hard to monetize, and that's what me and Jordan questioned from the start. Like, how can you make money off of this? You're going to have to make something, oh. like, completely new. My answer yeah. is that you ha- you you get streaming. Like, they're, they're building a streaming catalog. I mean, they, right. bought, yeah. 20, they I, bought 20 years of, of footage that includes a lot of their top guys right now. They've got Samoa Joe footage now, Brian Danielson footage, Adam Cole footage. All the stuff that they oh. now have access to. I but think it's right. a long game with that right now. You guys are right. I, mean, I couldn't go on to HBO Max, which is what the rumor was, you know, uh, more right. ago. So, but they're going to do something. Having that library, even if they never put on another Ring of Honor live show or pay per view, having that library is worth the the purchase. I agree with Jordan. Yeah, and, and I don't think they send many guys um, either. I'm sorry. And there's two properties I would throw out there. I've mentioned one before. The other one's going to give Scott a perk. Um, PWG, which Excalibur was part of, you can make money off of that one. And mm-hmm. Impact. If you can buy Impact, now you got something. Yeah, now you got that whole AJ Styles, clear Lynch angle that you could show in mm. perpetuity. <laughs> <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> I, think will ever, I think Impact will always want to stand on its own. I don't think they'll ever want to. Impact will be here long after just, we're all dead. But yeah, what if they yeah. Sell the yeah, the phoenix. Yeah. What if they yeah. sell? Oh no, that's not a phoenix. That's an aardvark. <laughs> 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 so, well, you know what? We're gonna see how the rest of the calendar year plays out in both WWE and and uh, AEW because they both have plenty of shows left. Obviously, big wrestling weekend, Labor Day weekend, Clash at the Castle Saturday. This uh, world's colliding NXT thing during the day, all out at night, and then we got shows through the through the fall. Well, you know, Full Gear and Survivor Series is in Boston, which is always fun when they have a Survivor Series there. And then the Royal Rumble, which is who knows where at this point. They'll probably uh, have in a San Antonio. Episode. Is it is that official that it's in San Antonio? Yeah. I don't know. 
right. sure I, I can... Meltzer mentioned it, and he mentioned that Conrad's going to run another Starcast during Rumble weekend, supposedly, and because he he's, he's uh, he uh, uh, um, what you call it, uh, uh, copyrighted the name uh, Southwest Championship Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> oh, going to be on a plane. <laughs> this is all it's amazing Jeff how much Jarrett's money Conrad. It's about it's it's amazing how much money Conrad wastes on throwaway copyrights. <laughs> like you're saying, it's really, um, so I don't know. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens as we head uh, you know down the road and and you know when Triple H gets a chance to really settle in and and do what he's got to do. Apparently, Shawn Michaels is now one of the has become a VP Big Shot, and it, he should. I mean, this is like 1984 when. When Vince, you know, got Blackjack Lanza and Pat and Gorilla and and uh, Blackjack Mulligan and all these guys to <clears throat> that he trusted. Triple H is going to get guys he trusts, you know. So well, Blackjack uh, Bradshaw, yeah. Blackjack, <laughs> Blackjack <laughs> Bradshaw. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. And I and and I'm and I'm not being a I'm not being a, a because I know he's he's right now in an awesome role in AEW right now. But I know one guy who you know would get treated very well if he came back to WWE, and that's Regal. No one's a bigger Triple H guy than Regal. I don't know why I thought you were going with Billy Gunn on that. <laughs> you know, I, you know, no, Eric no, Redbeard. Because, because Triple H threw shade at, at uh, fucking Billy Gunn and the DX. Uh, you know, fucking, Scott, uh, maybe, thing, I'm, maybe I'm being Zapruderish, but William Regal was not on Dynamite. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> William Regal has just been such a joy. Such this is the only the reason that Andrew, that Reesh is back on the show, so we can use the word Zapruder twice in one show. That's great. Hey, look, it's a better name than Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. Regal and and Daniels. Right. So, nah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, Regal's, the role Regal's got right now is awesome. I'm just saying that. There's a guy that that you know if he the minute he starts not being happy at least he knows you know his guy is 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 on the other side of the hallway so um wow this was a lot of fun I, I the, 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 this anniversary birthday episode has been a ton of fun I have loved talking everything with everybody and we begin season three I can't believe we've done two seasons in eight years. Um, that's kind of crazy. It's like a BBC. What are we, show. The Walking Dead? Yeah, I was the BBC <laughs> part one. I was gonna go. Part two. Is this the Venture Brothers? Like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Stay right. tuned for a talking main event coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hosted by Stephen Graham. Yeah, until two minutes before, but he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, it's this be week, good. This week <laughs> on Talking Main Event, Jennifer Smith returns to sing another song to Kevin Kelly. <laughs> with cookies. Hey Ben, um, do you remember when we did that show with Stephen Graham and you drafted John Cena and then Stephen Graham just gave him to me? I'm, I'm still trying to forget. Hey ben, um, ben Morris, do you remember when our? You remember who the very last pick was and none of us one of them, neither of us one of them, and it was Dexter Loomis, the most popular Lewis, yeah. wrestler in wrestling last week. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. Shout out to Sam Shaw. Yeah, shout out to that dude. And Thay, I thought he was going to become the NWA World's Champion at uh, the pay-per-view in in, uh, 
in June, and now I real now I know why he wasn't because he probably was getting whispers that uh, keep your calendar clear. Well, I if, guess. You, if you told me somebody jumped out of the crowd and stalked the Miz, I thought it would be Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Cleveland Browns are probably like, I wish we had that fucker back at quarterback. All right. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, great. And we got Brian. I was going to say Brian Sight, but no one would know that reference. Maybe a few. I did. Anyway, I'm old enough. I'm I know old you. Enough, man. Yep. I know you with me. All right. Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. Uh, let's go around the horn. Uh, we'll begin with you, my boogie of the bayou. Uh, you and Mr. Duncan have an exceptional show. On the other Thank side you. of the quad, Thanks. over on the no-so. Tell everybody about it. You know what that means. Jordan knows what it means. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to fill them in or you want me to? You can, Oh, Andrew. you can. Okay. You can. I'm out of oxygen. We're just both so polite, you know. <laughs> no, no, our yeah. show is called You Know What That Means because uh, obviously uh, AEW pays great tribute to Brody Lee, and that's something he tweeted uh, basically every day for the last four years of his life. Uh, but we uh, are bi-weekly, and we just cover all things AEW. Um, we used to kind of try to do a recap thing. We kind of jumped out of that format. We jump all over the place. Uh, sometimes it feels like there's no flow at all, which is perfect for AEW fans, you know, because that's uh, just like the show. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, we're every two weeks and uh, we just kind of fill you in on all things going on with uh, our personal flair. I know. I mean, listen, Scott, I'm sorry we had to go, but the per diem just wasn't working. And there's only two <laughs> things in this podcast business that really matter. The money and the miles. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted my Twitch account back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good luck. Good luck on that on that podcast network getting the last word in. I'll tell you that right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, not so anyway, not. Um, that's fire. Uh, <laughs> uh, ben Morris, you son of a bitch. What's yeah, going yeah. on in your life? What can people uh, I, do to find you? I don't have a podcast, um, so you can't find me there. But I'm on Twitter at Ben J. Morse. I'm on Instagram at Ben Likes Comics. I tweet about comics a lot. And uh, if you're in the greater Las Vegas area and can go to college, I mean, I guess you can come take a class with me. <laughs> I'm always advertising those. <laughs> Larry Johnson's still trying to get credits. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you, Ben Morse. You're the best. Uh, Steve Aloysius Willie, welcome back from your uh, hiatus. Um, yes, yeah, so my hi- hiatus to parent, and now it's done. I, my parenting years are over. <laughs> back and just podcast about wrestling. It's back it's to watching. Back, back to watching Jay White at two o'clock in the morning. They're That's self-sustainable. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not really doing much. You know, I'm ready to, to get back into things. I'm uh, getting back out in the in the world, going all out in in GCW in a couple weeks, and pretty excited about that and maybe me and steve maybe me and steve should talk yes oh, <laughs> oh. There go. Uh, mission yeah. indie possible is it indie possible to have a show against steve? there is a mm-hmm. mission indie possible it's called you know what that means on the north South <laughs> <Connection podcast. laughs> all right we don't we don't do too much promoting on the other side so shut up Rish. um so the, um, there's one um there's one um <sighs> Anyway, waiting for everybody that. knows everybody knows Pete. Pete, Pete knows uh, Pete's uh, everywhere and anywhere. Uh, so Pete, let me ask you this quick. Uh, yeah. I know you you hated uh, Dallas because uh, the shows were all over the place. L.A. Oh, 
which I, I, I'm not sure if you're going. You're probably not. No, I ain't going to LA. Um, it's, no way. it's probably going to be even worse. So you got to be excited for Philly in 2024 because, like, all every card for Philly's those five pretty, pretty easy to get get around. It's, yeah. yeah, it's literally going to be like a three block radius probably um, in Philly. So you segue I'm, everywhere in Philly, man. Exactly. Yes. Segway everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. Not at night, though. <laughs> your segue will be uh, upside your head. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, where can everyone find you, Pete? You can find me at Titans of Wrestling. Um, I might I'm going um, actually traveling to Illinois on like the first week of uh, September to see my buddy. I'm actually touring with him. Uh a guy named Billy Milano, who's in the is a lead singer for a band called MOD, SOD back in the he's a big wrestling fan, so he wants me to podcast from the festival. So I'll be doing some wrestling podcasts with some of the bands and stuff out there. Um, so uh, so so look out for that when when I want to drop sometime in September. So yeah, that's where you can find me on Twitter and stuff. Okay, and finally, the man. Nathaniel uh, Devante, uh, tell us what's going on over on the wonderful Kings of Sport Patreon. Yes, so much going on at the Patreon. Uh, episode 300, uh, which uh, Scott may or may not have made an appearance on. You'll have to subscribe and mm. listen to find mm-hmm. out. Uh, mm-hmm. Has just dropped on the Patreon. It'll be dropping on the free feed whenever I find time. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, it's it's a fun show. Marcus Vandenberg came back from... Uh, he, he showed up for one night only uh, from <gasps> ESPN. Forbidden uh, Door. Because, yes, the Forbidden <laughs> Door was opened once by Mickey Mouse, never to be opened again. Uh, but, yeah, Marcus came back. We had a great conversation. And uh, that's up uh, right now. Uh, 301 is in, the, is in the tanks. It's in the books. Uh, it'll be up again whenever I get to it because I'm a busy man out here. And, 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 and this is the world that we live in, Steve Willie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, – Chris and I have been talking uh, off off the uh, mics about what we're going to do for the rest of the year with the Patreon. So we're we're bringing new people in. We're uh, switching up the format of the show. So uh, keep keep posted for that. If you want to subscribe, uh, go to patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door. If you want to pay more, I will not stop you because I believe in free will, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> so you can check that out. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K to keep up with all of my other various podcasting uh, dealings uh, over on DC TV podcast networks, over on Post Wrestling, uh, just everywhere and anywhere. Uh, and 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 Scotty, finally for you, I would just say, you know, c- congratulations on this two hundred. You know, it's yeah, it, awesome. we we're, we're here, we're here with yes. the the the, but the brothers Thank that you started the journey with, and then much like. The NWO, you know, when 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 you were standing in the middle of the <laughs> ring, just Terry Bollea all by himself. <laughs> I I need two men. I need two top men to help me carry the flag that that was created if, here if, on the main event. Is, if this is the NWO, then this is the silver and black reunion. So that means the main event will be canceled next year. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel right now the main event is like in its WCW Thunder Run. It's only up from here, boys. Uh, so. but, but wait a minute. Remember what Pete Schumacher said. 
Thunder got like became terrible the moment it started. Yeah, this show's <laughs> this show's got about eighty-five more episodes than Thunder already, though. So. I got I have to I have to tell the story to um after that first Ray Hoovy match. <laughs> next week, uh, next episode, I'll come in my Blitzkrieg mask. Right. <laughs> I, I got to tell this story to uh, butter up Nate Milton. So I can tell you where you can find Nate Milton, my YouTube algorithm. Because when the Vince McMahon Wall Street Journal news broke out, and I know he knows what I'm talking about, the very first thing that hits on my algorithm is a post-wrestling thing that's being watched by thousands of people. And John Pollock immediately says, let's go to my friend Nate Milton. And I look like Leo DiCaprio in that meme pointing at the screen. I know that guy. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, you, you never know where I'll show up. I'm, I'm like Paulina from Tough Enough showing up on an episode of uh, TNA Impact. They don't work here, but they're here. That that's me. Wherever oh, podcast, Nate, you're you can a, find you're a bigger fucking powerhouse than that. You're more like the powerhouse Hobbs of this situation. <laughs> oh, powerhouse. It's the longest outro ever. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, see, I was gonna go like Steve and I were were uh, Hall and Nash, but now I I like that better. So I'm powerhouse Hobbs, and Steve, you can either be Ricky Starks or Hook. Uh, well, we got. Uh, I'll take Hook because, uh, you know, <laughs> Reese has got the New Orleans connection. Suplex of my cats. <laughs> Here comes the pain. Um, am I Brian Cage? I have a wonderful. I have a wonderful Taz story that I think Steve knows that I can never tell on air. Anyway. Uh, to your well, point, Nate. <laughs> Does it have to do with the fast pass? Uh, <laughs> I want to thank you guys. This has been uh, this eight-year journey being the number two anchor show here at the PTV Wrestling Network uh, means the world to me. Other shows have come and gone, but this one never left. Maybe the faces have changed, but the love here has not. So, uh and we'll we be love back in you, Scott. I know Thank you don't you. hear it a lot, but we love you. Thank you. Thank you, Boogie. And no, I don't. You're right. Um, uh, just like <laughs> Triple H doesn't either. No. Um, uh, I, uh, <laughs> um, we'll be back in two weeks. Back in the groove with 201. I don't know what that means, Nate. I guess we're going to have to go back to the beginning and go to, like, Cam Newton. Uh, and, I can make uh, a suggestion for you. Yeah. If we're, we're kind of going into like the nostalgia thing, could you get Aubrey Citizen and Will for episode 201? <laughs> no, you then left. <laughs> oh my God. I tried to avoid talking about it. I didn't want to make Ben cry, but I know. I knew he was gone. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what's sad? I think Aubrey would have been totally fine if anybody else was on the show yeah. other than Will. I think that's the worst. And I the one time that. where you wish I was actually on the show, Scott. <laughs> that that was that, that we're peeking behind the curtain here. About five people know what we're talking about. But yeah, Aubrey we'll, Citizen had a moment where he told Will from Texas, a good dude. He says, "Do you even know what wrestling is?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it was one listen, of the OG listen. wrestling guys on the internet. A guy who probably. Uh-huh. I put his knowledge of wrestling at, at the top of just about anybody. Yeah, him and Chad Campbell. And like, Dude, it was I had, the first let me those DVD discs for like four years, five years. I, was, I had like, a yeah, you had, I listen, this shit. I made a joke about this, but Scott knows I was the oxygen tank of main event to start this show. Yeah. 
I was yeah. speechless when Aubrey said that. <laughs> I, 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 I think I actually literally tried to go to break, but of course, Will never lets you. So I was trying to, go to, trying to be like, you know, all right, uh, let's uh, get a commercial here. And uh, Will just gives on go. Oh, wait, Queen, I'm not done yet. Oh, I don't. I, all right, then. Oh, that's so, you know, hey, man. The sheep herders were great, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that was funny. You know what they're doing is an act, right? And I looked, I swear to God, I typed, I typed. I'll never forget this. I know he's off the show now, but uh, uh, one more thing, and then we'll finally outro. But I remember he he said something about the the the, the yeah the, about the head uh, the not the head shrinkers the um bushwhackers the, yeah. the bushwhackers and he says something you know that whole thing's an act right they're really not like that and, <laughs> and poor ben, ben, ben messages me on Skype and goes I am so sorry about this <laughs> 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 and like and I'm like I just I, I said dude it's not your fault. I just hate to think what's going to happen when Will starts. Yeah, talking. you know, Gene Stitsky anyway, um, said the same that, thing, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not my fault. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you. It was an honor. Core four, you know, you're thank always you, welcome back whenever you'd like. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, you know, Steve, we haven't done much TNA, uh, some classic TNA. Uh oh. Pete hasn't had to, Pete hasn't experienced that yet, but maybe in two weeks. Uh, we'll do that. Let me see where that is. Uh, I thought is that's that... why Scott went to Nashville. He's trying to find the fairgrounds one more time. Yeah, if I was trying to find the fairgrounds, well, I, I knew puppet the fairgrounds. Oh, wait, no, I have breaking news. Jeff Jarrett just bought the Nashville fairgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the, yes. our next episode. Global Force re Reborn. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like so a our phoenix next... from the ashes, to steal a phrase from Pete Schermacher. Pete <laughs> Schermacher. <laughs> Uh, in two weeks, we're actually going to preview. Actually, it's a huge. We'll, we'll skip TNA that week because next, the, our next episode previews that huge weekend. So we're going to preview Clash at the Castle. We're going to preview uh, the Worlds Collide, and we will preview All Out. So next week's mm. episode two hundred one, we're going right into the gate with some hot stuff in two weeks. So yeah, slow, we'll slow news week. <laughs> Very slow news week. So we are going to preview everything going on in that incredible Labor Day weekend. So for my boogie, for JD. For Steve Aloysius, for Nathaniel, for Pete. I'm Brother Scott. You've been in the main event. Happy birthday, everybody. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Hey, Steve Willis. Hello, colleagues. Uh-oh. Hey, Nate Milton. I was afraid this was going to happen. We've, we've got <laughs> dueling bits, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nate. Shut up, Reesh. Pops in a Pops in a We like the girls with the pops in a Pops in a
looking to pump, send a bump.